Emily Penrod, and my guest is Genevieve Gribble, attorney with Intervivos. Today, let's talk about special ed advocacy and getting to that collaboration point. Okay. So, what does that mean? So, collaboration point. If if you are a if you are a parent of a child with special needs, then you know about the IEP process, and you know that uh, there is an IEP team, and this team is made up of experts who are going to use their expertise in the IDIL, uh, in the IDIL IEP meeting or the IET, IEP team. The IDIL would be that everybody's expertise is going to be used to focus on the child's needs and to come up with a plan that is individualized for this child. Now, we don't often, often we see that that does not happen. And part of the problem that we run into is we are not at collaboration point. Collaboration point is where every person who sits down at the table, at the IEP table, is recognized as an expert, including the parents. Yes. So this is an issue that, that I've often come across, that parents are not recognized yes. as an expert in anything. And in fact, when they sit down at the IEP table, and I think that probably parents of children with special needs may be nodding their heads right now. It doesn't matter what your background is. You sit down at the table as a parent and you're, you're disenfranchised because you can't be an expert. And that at least is the impression that, that parents are given. Now, I'm going to share an experience that I had with a parent who uh, she was actually, she was a neighbor of mine and she had a plan she had a child with special needs. He was starting kindergarten. She had a doctorate in education and she came up with an elaborate plan. I, maybe I'll back up on that and say not elaborate, but it was a comprehensive plan of what she knew about her child and, and what she knew would work with him. And she told me, I'm going to go to the school and I'm going to present this plan at this, you know, at this meeting. And I said, well, tell me how that goes. She said, you know, I'm not worried about this meeting because I, have a doctorate in education. I'm obviously very well qualified to, you know, speak about, speak to my child's needs. I said, okay, well, let me know how it goes. So she went to the meeting and when she came back, we had a conversation about this. She said it was very interesting. Her plan was torn apart, totally, <laughs> totally dismissed. And they had a textbook there. The educators <laughs> at the table had a textbook, which they quoted from to show her how wrong she was. She said the ironic thing is that she was one of the authors of that textbook. <laughs> so you can see that even, this has been so funny to me, I always go back to that. If you are an expert in education and you, when you sit down as a parent at that table, Suddenly, you're, you know nothing. You know nothing. Okay, that's a problem. Yes. So you want to get to a point where the parent is recognized. Now, as an expert, in at least this area, they are an expert on their child. Okay? I agree. Yes, that is, that's the important thing. And I've also had a client who has mentioned that, you know, there's one person at that table who is absolutely motivated to see that there is a good outcome. And that is the parent. That, to the parent, this child isn't any child. This is their child. If there is, if there is a bad outcome, it's the parent who is going to struggle with that for years. So 
this is, they are highly motivated to see that, that things work out for the child. Exactly. I agree totally. And I'm coming from the background of having been a special, ed a special education teacher yes. for 23 years. And to be honest, I am aware of that climate where school personnel will informally confer before the IEP meeting, kind of with an idea of how they want it to go, assuming that they know better than the parent does. So a lot of times what, what I like to suggest to parents in, in order to get to collaboration point is that, first of all, they need to have a clear plan in their own minds of what, what would be helpful for their child. So this means that they do need to get to know the teachers, get to know the programs, and get to know programs that may not be available. I've had clients who have had a lot of success because they go and they do the research. And they say, this is the program that my child needs. And an IEP is needs driven. And so if you can make this, make a good case that this is what your child needs, then you have a greater, greater possibility. And then it will help them meeting meet, that. And it will yes. help meet their IEP goals because yes. they are legally required to work yes. towards those goals. So one of the things that, that parents can do is, so you're going to be aware. You're going to make sure that you're aware. If you want to advocate for your, your child, you've got to be aware of what is out there and what could be used for your child. Um, you also need to make sure that things are put in writing. So, and this writing does not have to be terribly formal. There are people who recommend send a certified letter of, you know, memorializing whatever conversation you have. I don't recommend that. that. That is so laborious that most people will not do it. But what you can do is you send a well-crafted email. You have a conversation. If you have a conversation with someone, you memorialize that in an email. You say, okay, you know, as per our conversation today about these points, this is how we decided to move forward. That leaves it up to the school. They can come back and say, that's not what we understood. But at least you will discover where there are points of points at issue. So I'm always into making sure that you put things in writing. And then that also gives you a trail and you get a timeline. But really, there's a, the, another thing is to act on things immediately. You don't, want to, you don't want to wait a week. If there is an issue at school, you don't wait a week. You immediately write an email. You immediately go in and, and jump on whatever happens. And I think I would re speak respectfully always. Absolutely. So this is an important thing. It is very easy. IEP meetings are very stressful, and basically anything that has to do with your child with special needs and education can be so stressful. And it can be really easy to start polarizing things and saying, it's them against me, and feeling like the school district and the educators, they're the enemy. Now, there may be people that don't like you. That can happen. But if you, if you are careful to always, you should be careful to always speak respectfully. That does not mean that you can't confront people about things that they are doing that are inappropriate with your child. Uh, that does not mean that you can't actually say, I, I feel great concern. You can use some very strong, yeah. strongly worded statements, but crying, screaming, swearing, those kind of things, they're not illegal, but they do more harm than good. 
they shift the focus from exactly. the student to the adult. Yes. To whoever yes. is getting upset and losing control. Yes. It then becomes about them, and it's not the IP isn't about them. About the yes. adults, it's about the student. Exactly. Keep the focus on the student. Yes, and that is another thing that you can you should always do if you feel like somebody is posturing. If there are you know somebody's ego is getting involved, then you can simply say we need to move this focus back to my child's needs. I feel like this is my child's needs are not being addressed. Now there's another thing, and this, it's very important the kind of language that you use. There are legal terms that you should become very familiar with if you're going to advocate for your child's special needs. You need to know what a free and appropriate public education is. Mm -hmm. You need to use words like, this is appropriate. You don't say, my child, this would be the very best for my child. The law doesn't say that the very best has to be, a, you know, given to your child. What it says is that your child needs what is appropriate. That's what he has a legal right to is whatever is appropriate for him. So you start to use that kind of language. And when you have conversations, you say, I'm very concerned because this is not appropriate for my child. Or I want my child to have this program because this is appropriate for my child. So you start to use, you use the language that is legal, that comes from the IDEIA and uh, from case law. And that can really help your, help you as well. Yes. Yes, it can. And being open to listen and remembering a good way to start the meeting, to set the tone would be asking everyone to go around the room and list your child's strengths. Ask the person to your left so that it goes around and it ends with you. You would say what you, your child's strengths, what you see, your child's, and you will know better than anyone else in the room what your child's strengths are. And then go into, and this is where I see my child five years from now, 10 years from now, your vision for your child. This is a good time yes. to bring that in. Listen to the other parts, the present levels, making sure it's accurate and yes, adding, and that is providing another, your input. Yes, giving your input. And if you, you should have a copy of your child's school file and you should go through it and make sure that there aren't things that you disagree with. If there are things that you disagree with, you need to request that those things be amended. So, and that can be very, very good but you definitely want to have a trail of you know that clearly shows you know the efforts that you've made and if there are um, deficits in the program you need to document those things they should be documented and I so think that, it's yeah, yeah. I, I think it's helpful to assume that they are also interested just just mm -hmm. communicate that yeah I, I know that you are here to help my child reach his goals, make progress. Yes. We all want to see him or her succeed. Yes. Any pitfalls parents should be aware of? Some parents will just assume, well, you know, these are professionals, the school okay. will take care that of my the child. Biggest, that is the biggest pitfall. Okay, okay, is, let's talk about is that. Is feeling that, well, this is what the school presented, you know, so let's say you go into the IEP meeting, the goals are presented to you, and you say, okay, where do I sign? Mm. That, that is a huge 
that is a huge pitfall. It is very easy to say they know best. Yeah. They just know best. These because are the professionals. They're, they're the professionals. They're the experts. So I think you do have to recognize first that as a parent, there are things that you know about your child that nobody else knows. There are things, there are ways of getting the best out of that child. And I'm using that word, the best. In, in an appropriate way. Yes, right, right. <laughs> um, they, 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 they do need yes. to show that progress has been made. Yes. So they, their interest, school yes. district needs to show student is progressing. Yes. And so you, there are things, when you go in and you sit down at that table, you establish that you are an expert on your child. And you, you don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And if things come up, you, you should say, like, for example, I had a client who there, somebody made an accusation and said, your child's manipulative. And she said, absolutely not. At first, that changed the climate of the meeting, and it became very anti this child. But that, that client was able to change that through some emails, pointing out you know, different things, but you have to do damage control and you can't just accept statements like that. You have to, you have to really be on your guard and say, no, you, you read, this is, this is how I think of it. You write a letter, you are telling your child's story. So there's always two sides to a story. So let's say that something happens because sometimes at school, your child has, might have a bad experience at school and they, they're being disciplined at school. You want to find out everything that happened with that incident, and then you want to tell your child's story. You want to say, my child um, has this sensory issue, which it is known that my child has this sensory issue, and this happened, and this is why my child acted out, and this is what the behavior intervention plan that's in place, it wasn't followed appropriately. But do you see, like, that's just an yes. example of what you do, but you don't just say, it's very easy to, for people to just be like, that's just a bad kid. And your yes. child can get, you know, named a Name. bad kid, labeled a bad kid when it's not. This is a manifestation of their disability. These are legal terms you definitely need to know. Okay. And, and that yeah. reminds me of one other pitfall. As a parent, it's very natural to take it personally. You know, if someone tells yes. you your child to either get defensive or apologize, I'm so sorry, I'll, I'll talk to him about that. And I like what, Genevieve, what you were saying, take the objective. If they say, okay, your child had an outburst, say, well, let's find out what happened before. Yes. Let's, let's find out, you know. Yes. Let's if get this facts. Is, this is an example that I like to use. You, you look into a room and you see this person standing up, screaming their head off, they're just screaming. And you're like, oh my word, okay, uh -huh. that's bad. Now, but does it make a difference if you find out that the home team just threw a winning touchdown? Yes. Does that suddenly <laughs> change that Contact. entire, yes. <laughs> so, so when your child acts out or there is an issue at school, you want the context. Yes. And you yes. want to help guide the, the school into looking at that content. What happened right before? Uh -huh. My child is not existing in a vacuum. Right. My child is not just screaming and throwing himself on the floor. Yes. Something happened immediately before this. 
So A led to B, which led to C. Let's figure out what are B and A. Yes. What happened? And if you just, you know, apologize or feel bad or get defensive, it, it moves. Again, it's shifting from your child to you. And to you just on your getting along. Yeah. Which that's not what this is about. This is, this isn't about you just, you know, a bunch of adults just getting along. That's, that's right. maybe very comfortable for all the adults, but that leaves that child with special needs. I really like what yeah. you said in a previous episode, you were talking about a confrontational email you had to send yes. to the district and you felt really uncomfortable. Yes. What conclusion did you come to? This is not about you. This is not about your ego. This is about Taylor. Yeah. And if he, if you do not speak for him, he will never be heard. And that's what and it is. Really, your when I, that's what you have to do. You have to say to yourself, this isn't about me. This just is not about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about my ego. It's not about people being my friend, getting along. I had a, I feel like a very tragic situation with two separate clients years ago where they had kids that were the same age in the same school district. I think I've mentioned this to you. Same age, same school district. One day I'm in a, I'm in a meeting one day with one and the next day with another. And literally because the parent, so in the first meeting we have this absolutely confrontational IEP, but the parent was very timid and actually had the school facilitator came out and addressed the meeting and yelled at my client and made my client cry. But I didn't have real support for my client to, to say, you know, enough or anything. Uh And when we left that meeting and that, that client said, well, I, I felt like that went pretty well. And I just thought (laughs) you, you cried because a man came out and yelled at you. And this was like so confrontational. And they said, your child doesn't qualify for these services, which was an absolute, I mean, it was absolutely incorrect. Uh This, Uh this child qualified for everything they had. And what we were requesting was that the OT come and, you know, visit the child. And the child had every, I mean, all the educators had agreed, you know, that the weakness in the hands and stuff needed, Uh you know. uh So we requested the OT and then we're told that it was, you know, they didn't, wouldn't get that, Uh didn't qualify. Uh So to me, that was like really bad meeting. But this parent was like, wow, yeah, you know, I thought, oh, wow, I wonder what previous meetings have been like <laughs> what's a bad um, meeting like yes what, what would a bad meeting be like do they beat you you know what I mean? like oh, wow dear. so That's the very fun. next day I go to this go to a meeting and it was a collaboration meeting uh, so it's not an IEP it's a collaboration meeting because we were at collaboration point and someone said suggested that that we have like this actually came from the school school district Let's have the OT come and watch this child's grip. Completely different, completely different situation. But the difference was not, I mean, the children were the same age. 
it was the same school district. It was different schools. But the real difference that I saw was the parents. Okay. The one parent in the collaboration meeting would not tolerate being treated the way the other parent did. Okay. They took, there would be no, yeah. Were they taking an active role then? Yes. They were an active role. Yes. They expected to be treated with respect and it sounded Absolutely. like they were respectful. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they, and if something like that had happened and this was, this was where it was kind of tricky for me was that I wrote a letter to the school district for that first parent. And I had to be very careful about what I said because this parent didn't really recognize a problem. They didn't want to be confrontational. They didn't want to, even though, yeah. So it really, there is so much that rides on parents and their yes, willingness to be in the hot seat. Mm -hmm. Their willingness to take that pressure. Take the risk so, of being disliked. Yes, yes. And that, that is. Not that they, yeah. you know, not that they have to be disagreeable. Yeah. You yeah. disagree. But people may dislike you for expressing a strong opinion. Yes. And even if you do it in a very civil way. That's true. And that's okay. Yep. Because, because like the it. fact is, is that your role isn't to be the friend of all the world. Your role is to advocate for your child with special needs. Yes. It's just, that's what's vital. That so. is beautiful. That sums it up yeah. to a T in that collaboration. I yes. agree. Got to get to collaboration point. So much point. can be done with collaboration. And I heard another attorney describe that he views the point of the goal of due process is to get the district's attention so you can get at collaboration get So that is a very interesting point because what I feel is really important is that there are those times when you have to say, this is how I've heard it expressed before, you have to let the school district know that you know what you have in your back pocket, which is yes. a due process hearing. The law, you know so the law. So you need to let them know. So for example, I've had, I had a client uh, last year who went in, her child was older, she homeschooled, and her child, she had wondered, she felt like he had some special needs. He had never been diagnosed. He was in high school. He was 18. She went to a meeting. He was graduating in about four months. So this has really been left to the very end, last mm -hmm. moment. In the meeting, she said, I would like to have him evaluated because I really feel strongly. And some, some stuff had come out more recently um, at some you know, family gatherings. They've noticed mm -hmm. this really is an issue. There's some real, there's some issues here. She said she would like to have him evaluated by the school district and was told very you know, resoundingly that your child is homeschooled. You know, he was at the school for some some mm -hmm. classes, right. but, but they said, well, if he was here for more classes, then we might evaluate him. But, you know, he's 18 and he's so close to, you know, so close to the end of the school year and all of this. So we won't be evaluating him. So we had a talk and she wrote an email and the email just said, hey, you know what? This is what the law is. There's something in the IDEA called child fine. Yep. And so 
And that's from children who are age three to children who are age 22. Mm-hmm. So my child's four years within this, you know, child find. So anyway, then she sends off an email and right away they email back the very next morning and they say, no, we were happy to evaluate your child. Now that is not the route she actually ended up taking. She actually went through a professional service mm-hmm. instead of the school district. But the thing is, is that there are times where you really, I always say, we're, we are going to get along with the school district. We are going to be civil, mm-hmm. but we can, sometimes we get to collaboration point because we let them know that we know yep. we have tools to use and we're willing to use them. Yes. And so, you know, it can be very effective for a parent to, to write an email and say, before proceeding with other measures, we would like to see if we should meet and see if we can resolve this informally. You haven't said you're going to sue. You haven't mentioned due process. No. But there is, you are giving the school district what I call an opportunity to make things right. Yes. And you've done it in a civil way. But sometimes I feel that, and I don't even think sometimes, most of the time, the majority of the time, you get to that collaboration point because you are aware of your rights and you are aware of your child's rights. And you let the school district know, I know what those rights are. And so you get to that point, you're respected, you respect them, and then things can work for your child. I agree. Thank you, Genevieve. You're welcome. Love to talk about this. I love to talk about the war stories. Genevieve Gribble, Intervivos, thank you very much. You're welcome. You have a great day.